The rest of the AL East has made some trades. It's time for the Blue Jays to clap back with one of their own. We'll break it down next. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Blue Jays. Thank you guys for making Locked On Blue Jays your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers, join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. So, after the Baltimore Orioles made that trade for Corbin Burns and, and you know, a, a bunch of other moves in the AL East, I think it's time that the Blue Jays make one as well. Yeah, the Jays, they haven't unfortunately gotten a star player uh, in this market so far. It's tough when your uh, competitors are getting good players like Corbin Burns and uh, Juan Soto. But yeah, the Jays, uh, Ross Atkins has a history of pulling trades kind of out of nowhere. And you never really expect them, but I feel like the Jays should be uh, in this trade market. Yeah, so what we've done today is in this first segment, we've we've come up with some realistic trades that we think the Blue Jays could make. Um, uh, and, you know, pick some pieces out of here and there to, the, to sort of decipher maybe what they can do. Um, and then the second segment, we're actually going to be doing some that, that we think just sort of are long shot, hopeful, uh, wishful thinking trades, if you will. Um, and then, of course, we got our player profile as well at the end. Um, but Carter, I'm going to start it off with you. Um, who do you think is a realistic target for this Blue Jays team? Okay, so my realistic one is I believe the Jays are probably done um, I, for trades specifically uh, until the trade deadline. This T- Jays team is going to be good. It just depends where they're going to be at. If they're first in the division, they might not be inclined to make a move. But knowing the Jays and how tough this division is, it's going to be a battle to get there. So the guy that I have coming to the Blue Jays is Washington National Lane Thomas. And this trade is obviously going to have to, we're going to have to send quite a bit back there uh, for this guy. Cause he's just getting better and better. And he's a young guy. So it's going to take a little bit to get him. So I have going the other way is Addison Barger, which uh, we are a big fan of on this podcast, which is number five ranked prospect. Uh, we have Santiago Espinal, kind of just a throw in to be honest. Uh, Bowden Francis, which I had to debate about for a little while because I love Bowden Francis, but to make this deal, he had to be going the other way. And I just have, I was thinking about, like, I think we just need to sweeten the pot a little more. So I didn't actually put a name on this one, but just a prospect in the tier or in our top 20 to 30 range. So, like, just kind of another throw in. Maybe he'll turn out, maybe he won't. But Lane Thomas, man, he is so fun to watch. A guy that just hits pull side homers, kills the ball. We need a guy on the Jays. Like, we need 2021 Vladdy back where he's just launching pull-side home runs. It's so cool to watch. Dalton Barshow two years ago was doing it. Yeah. Hopefully that those guys can bounce back. But, yeah, Lane Thomas just looking at his last year's stats. It's slash 268, 168 hits, 86 RBIs, 28 home runs. A fielder that I believe the Jays need. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, I You know what? I think there's it, – it's so tough to, to make these trade, you know, targets because – what we think the Blue Jays should give up or what we think is a good price might not be the actual price of it, right? MLB trades are so all over the map that sometimes you think we might have to give up two, three prospects plus a plus a MLB-ready talent that, you know, good or not good wherever they land. Um, but sometimes it comes, to, it comes to fruition that it's maybe not a guy that we think at all or it's 
uh, maybe not the pieces we thought, right? Yeah. Just look at that Dalton Varsho trade. Yeah. I, we had no idea that was coming. I'm sure that kind of blindsided the rest of these uh, fans here as well. But it's it's always what you don't expect. This one is a little bit, it does make more sense because he is on the last year of his deal. Yeah. It's a very friendly contract. He's making under $6 million, which is crazy. So if he doesn't get traded, the market for him next year is probably going to be pretty insane. But this is a guy that can slot in in the outfield. He can take over for Kevin Kiermeyer. That's the only unfortunate thing is that if they do make this trade and it's kind of like you're giving the boot to Dalton Varshaw or Kevin Kiermeyer and they're not going to be playing everyday uh, minutes. But at that point, you need the offensive upside. And that's why we'd be making this trade. Obviously, the Jays are in win now mode. I think Lane Thomas would put him over the top, give him that little bit of more extra power from that right side. I like that. And I think we need that. Um, I, I'll, I'll go into mine, um, which is a guy that's been rumored about for the past, I would say, four or five days, realistically. I think he was talked about a little bit before that, but in the past four or five days, it's been more mentioned, and, and that's Max Kepler. Ooh, the Twins might be blowing it up. Who yeah, knows? yeah. Blanco trade. Well, and, and the thing with the Twins is I think they don't want to keep his contract uh, on their books right now. Um, so I would think that you're probably like, I don't know. I, we, we both said Santiago Espinal, but that's just because we have so many infielders right now that we'd probably be looking to move one of them. I feel like that's the easiest for our hearts to get rid of is yeah. Santiago Espinal. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> we know, obviously, they wouldn't move like IKF after just getting him. I, I would... I, Maybe they would move David Schneider, but in my heart, I pray that they won't and that that will never have to happen. Unfortunately, I think that would be a piece a lot of teams would be asking about, yeah. those David Schneider, because you look at Irving Clement, he's getting a little bit up there in age. Spencer Horowitz, just, I don't think he's proven enough. Yeah, David Schneider is a hot commodity, I believe. Yeah, I, I agree with you. But I, I put Santiago Espinal in here just for my heart's content. Um, and then I would say you're probably going to have to give up uh, an up-and-coming prospect probably in the 10, 15, 20 ranking. I would say probably closer to the 10 and then maybe like a 25-ranked prospect as well. Um, I didn't really go like super in-depth because, I mean, pick one at this point, right? It, as the, as, as the uh, Minnesota Twins, you're probably looking at somebody that can give you some pitching. So I would assume it would be a pitching prospect. Um, who that would be? I didn't really go too, too full in depth, but that would be sort of where I'm at. Max Kepler last year, 130 games played, 24 home runs, which is huge. I think, you know, getting that home run boost guy that can swing the bat, 66 RBI, not crazy, but, you know, he, you know, hitting 24 home runs, Blue Jays can get guys on base. So, you know, I think that number could go up if he comes here. Batting average of 260, which isn't unbelievable, but I think he, he serves the purpose that we would be getting him for. And then a slugging percentage of 488 or 484, sorry. Um, so I think just with those numbers, I don't think that the Jays would have to give up a, like a ridiculous amount for this guy. But uh, but but obviously, yeah, you're still looking at giving up some pieces. But if we're talking about Santiago Espinal and some others, I think that's guys that you can part with. Yeah, absolutely. Where would you have him hitting in the Blue Jays lineup? Like, he, I'm obviously probably in the middle of the order somewhere. It's just going to be tough to take... Uh the spot from a one or two George Springer or Boba Shed. I no. don't think that would be a smart decision. Either, and and, and he's, he's probably not realistically playing uh, in the spot of Vlad uh, or uh, now Justin Turner or, you know, so I, I would think I would slot him in around the sixth spot, most likely just another oh depth hitting piece. Not maybe that could swing, you know, drive a couple of guys in with uh, some of those guys being able to get on base this year, hopefully. Yeah. I'm going back to uh, Lane Thomas here. I would have Lane Thomas probably slotting in, in that five role, to be honest, depending on how Justin Turner 
is playing down the stretch. He might even get bucked up to the four hole. Who yeah. knows? Depends. Again, Blaine Thomas is built on every single year he's played in the MLB. So I, I just see that going up and up. So that'd be a guy, if we can get him at the deadline, that would be a huge signing. Almost like, obviously, it's a huge comparison. That was 2015, uh, David Price signing. But mm-hmm. just another guy, like, since then, who have we really gotten at the deadline? Other than, I guess, Jose Barrios, which was a big move. Yeah, yeah. There, there hasn't been a ton of, like, the Blue Jays are notorious for making early moves or off-season moves. They necessarily aren't that um, that trade deadline team, usually, because a lot of the time, and I think even even as us as fans, we think we should have the roster to be good enough, but we never make that move that could maybe put us over the edge. So maybe this is the year that the management team realizes, okay, maybe at a deadline move might be the right play here. Yeah, and I think the reason that I have the Jays not making a move to start uh, the season is because of the Davis Schneider rumors uh, for platooning in left field. I don't think they'd be putting them up to do that if yeah. they weren't prepared not add anyone else for the rest of the season, especially in the, in the trading. Then you have to go up assets. The Jays' prospect pool already isn't great. So if you're going to be giving up assets, you're going to want a big piece for uh, these next coming up years in return. Yeah, and I think David Schneider is that great utility player, right? Like, I think he's the most utility player that we have because he is so versatile that he has the arm strength where he could. I, I don't know about his range in the outfield, but I guess we can, we could, well, you know, we'll do a deep dive into David Schneider probably. Uh, closer to spring training or in spring training when I can actually see him play maybe some left field, right? You have a uh, Schneider over Kevin Biggio as a utility guy. I, I would have, I'd be maybe right Biggio, now, I maybe like, Biggio. I feel like I would be a little bit more comfortable right now, just based off experience. If Kevin was had to play left field, but I think they really liked what he did at second yeah, base. So there's no need to move the guy. That's what I was going to say. I think Kevin Biggio is going to be our second baseman for at least the start of the season and whatever, see what he does. But for now, I think, I right now I think you're going to be David Schneider's going to be playing maybe a little bit of left field if if he looks good in spring training uh some third base maybe he'll slot in a couple games at two um and then who knows I mean if uh Vladdy needs a day off cabin goes to play one right so there and Justin Turner can take a couple throws out there so this team is very versatile which is the, which is the good thing and that's why these trades are so interesting because we're I mean we both like we're looking at outfielders and stuff like that but realistically this team can move guys around and uh and so that's why anybody is really on the market i mean obviously i don't think we're going to go for for an infielder just because we have so much there already but uh but yeah it, it's fun to talk these trades and i do want to get into some of our i would say wishful thinking trades yeah speaking of uh, the left-handed bats and Kevin Biggio is one of our only ones. You got Kevin Kiermaier, honestly, uh, obviously Dalton Varsho as well, but nobody really like making a huge difference in that, uh, on that left side of the, of the plate. And my next trade, will be getting into a guy that will be able to fill, fulfill that role. We'll be getting into that right after this segment. Our sponsor today is eBay Motors. Take care of all your vehicle maintenance needs with our partner, eBay Motors. They have everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, EV Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your vehicle, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. 
Eligible, eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available for U.S. customers. So we've, we've looked at realistic trades and, you know, what we can see is a really good fit for the Jays. What is realistically right now an option. But I think it's key also to, because the MLB is so crazy and you never really know what's going to happen and what these managers and GMs and blah, blah, blah are thinking. So I think it's interesting to look at trades that you and me and all of us as fans want to see happen. Maybe that isn't the most realistic, but a little bit of wishful thinking, a little bit of hoping and praying. So I don't know if you want to start this one or you want me to go, but yeah, I'm definitely taking this one. Right. I went, I decided to go big or go home really. And I went with the reigning NL batting leader, Louise Arias. I was just thinking, but besides who we have to give up, there'd have to be a ton to get started with that. But imagine Arias at one, Bobuchet at two, Vladdy at three, that's Turner at four. And even George Springer, maybe you got four, but worst case at five, that's a really good starting five. Yeah. And that would be a scary looking lineup to go up against. So the guys I have giving up is unfortunately, I also have David Schneider going uh, the other way in this one. Uh, our number one uh, first round pick of this last year, Arjun Namala. Uh, he's a younger guy. I think that fits with like the Marlins kind of like where they're headed. Cause right now, like looking at the roster, comparing it to like the Dodgers, the Phillies, the Braves, they have no chance to compete with that. Those teams, no. those are like literal super teams compared to uh, the Marlins. I also had uh, Brandon Barrera going the other way, and then Alan Roden as another one. So a huge trade, a lot of high-touted prospects in the J system. But I mean, for a guy hitting last year, 354 was his average, 203 hits, 69 RBIs. One thing that surprised me, I didn't realize he had 10 home runs until I looked it up. The guy was, I know he's not a power hit. Every time that I watched the game, he was just slapping singles where the outfielders yeah. were. It's like he was literally just placing it out there like a dart. And yeah, I mean, for a career 326 hitter, a guy that's going to be getting on base constantly and just has such good bat-to-ball skills, easily the best contact hitter in the league. Uh, it would take a lot to get him. Like I said, it's a 2026 free agent. That's why I thought like maybe there'd be a shot. He's not really locked up, but it would be crazy if you had a top five like that on this Blue Jays lineup. Yeah. I, you know what? I mean, what a dream move that for the Jays, right? Like it, 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 it just gives your whole batting lineup it just that round out feeling right oh my goodness that's you know what and, and it's so funny me and carter we we said before this we're like kate we're not gonna you know we're not gonna tell each other who we have because uh you know we want to be like a little bit shocked and that's that's one that i didn't necessarily see you pulling out but i like it yeah i mean he's just gonna be slot well into that second base role uh sorry kevin biggio uh, yeah i, I think not for you i think I mean, we'd all take that Maybe you have to move over to third base. And I think one thing that J-Sans might have a problem with this trade is, is the power. They're just If you're going to trade for anyone, I feel like, in J-System, you're going to go for a power bat. I feel like the fans, like, you can't be mad with Luis Arias at all. But the fact that he's going to get on base and nobody's going to drive him in might be a problem. Yeah, yeah. And that's the might, might add to the problem we had last year of not being able to drive in the runs, right? Um, but, but I did want to get uh, to mine because I'm a little bit – I went a little bit more realistic because I think there's been talks about this guy, maybe not necessarily linked with the Blue Jays, but uh, that he's a trade possibility uh, that they're, that uh, they're, you know, listening at least to teams uh, talk about him. And that's Luis Robert Jr. And I don't honestly like 2023 all-star, which is insane. 145 games played 38 home runs, 80 RBI, 264 batting average, 542 slugging percentage. 
Now, what we'd have to give up for this guy, I think, would be I, – I went with Davis Schneider as well. I went oh, Addison. Both your trades, eh? Interesting. We'll have well, Davis Schneider go on. No, I had Saniel Gillespinall for my first one. Oh, sorry. Yeah, okay. but uh, then I went uh, Addison Barger as well. And uh, and then I, I said another probably uh, uh, pitching prospect as well. I didn't really uh, necessarily. How you have up, uh, up there? I'm assuming you'd have uh, to give up a, probably a top it, 10. It would probably be a top sort 10 of guy. Which I'm not Ricky T, it probably but... wouldn't be Ricky Tiedemann, but I could see I another. If, uh, you're not giving up Ricky T. Ricky T is a guy that I just couldn't like throw my heart into giving up. No, I, I think he's honestly like the one guy in the system right now that everybody say, okay, he's he is like the next, um, you know, Bo Bichette or Vlad Guerrero. He's right the closest that. I think Jays fans can get to a sure thing. Yeah. Obviously, you can't ever say it's a sure thing with prospects, but that's probably as close as you can get. Yeah, and, and I do like Addison Barger. I think he's going to be a good player as well, but I think he's, again, not as proven as Ricky Tiedemann. Um, you know, and, and baseball's so tough because even in the MLB, you see guys are streaky. Some guys are, you know, have two really good seasons, but then don't do much else, right? And so looking at even MLB or uh, MLB prospects is is honestly a little bit ridiculous because it's so hard to judge them. Like I would say out of all the leagues, it's almost probably one of the most difficult prospects. to. Well, just uh, think about uh, a trade from a couple of years ago, Austin Martin being uh, sent the other way. What is he doing now? Yeah, and we were all like, oh my goodness. Like I, like, I was like, oh, that hurts. Yeah, I don't think he's even close to uh, being up in the majors. I know he struggled as soon as we traded him away. So that just goes to show you think one, you have a sure thing and just prospects don't always pan out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he would slot in perfectly. Like he's again, that power bat hits home runs. He That guy does everything. I don't know. He might miss Charlie Montoya a little bit too much. Yeah, one thing might. I always remember about him oh, is that goodness. halfway through the season, he gets asked who Charlie Montoya is. And he literally has no idea when he's been the bench coach for the entire year. Uh, I don't know how he doesn't hear, like, the bongos. He wasn't, like... The, the bongos should have been ringing in his head. Yeah, you'd think. Like, oh, who's this guy playing the bongos? I wasn't here last year. <laughs> what the heck? But, yeah. You, you know what, though? If Charlie Montoya is my uh, manager, I'd probably try to tune that out as well. Yeah, so. maybe he just, like, didn't even want to talk to him whatsoever. He's just like, why the hell is this guy even here? Right yeah, now? yeah. What are we doing? Oh, I'm with you. Yeah. Um, but we do... Uh, so, so those are just some trade ideas. We'd love to hear your guys' opinion on, like, what you think are like realistic possibilities what we'd have what we'd have to give up just uh put some in the comments drop them down and maybe like we'll we'll do another one closer to spring training where we'll go over all the comments we get and you know um uh, maybe give our thoughts say if we think it's realistic and- I, I thought that you might just for the hell of it uh throw in a starting pitcher trade just to see get our eyes on the well again. I, i'm not gonna lie to you i was debating on throwing kikuchi into one but uh i didn't Arcane. want to because my uh, my heart hurts whenever I talk about getting rid of Kikuchi. Hey, Usai, they call him Usai for a reason, right? Maybe another uh, building up uh, from his last year. I know he had a career last year, but it's only to the moon for Usai. That's right, to Usai to the moon. <laughs> anyway, uh, we want to also mention uh, as well. It is Super Bowl week, so make sure you guys do tune in to the national uh, locked on national sports twenty four seven streaming service. You uh, like, there's going to be so much coverage on the NFL. Uh, and then every league, I mean, I mean, uh, NHL uh, gets right back into swing things after All-Star Weekend. Uh, they're getting to the trade deadline. So uh, the like all of our channels uh, through that 24-7 streaming service is um, they, they cover these teams. They give you in-depth breakdowns. Um, they probably do a better job than we do, honestly. But uh, go check them out if you're if you're fans of any other teams, any of the leagues as well. Um, yeah, and make sure you guys just uh, stay tuned for those player, uh, this, the player profiles. We actually got a sort of an interesting one to talk about today. Yes, we do. We only have one from now on. We're going getting into the major leagues and there are more important players. 
So from now on, we're going to be taking a more in-depth dive on singular players, and we'll let you know who we have coming up. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. It is Super Bowl week. We're getting very close to uh, February 11th, the big game. So celebrate with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. I think we have a uh, a bunch of buddies coming over, and uh, our friends are all degenerate gamblers. And so there will be bets placed, and it's going to be a disgusting amount of money on the line. Yeah, there might be a, over a thousand dollars combined uh, being thrown on these games. It's it's not going to be. Great. Well, if our if our uh, buddy from last year uh, comes down, that's uh, probably going to be a he's going to oh, break that thousand dollars by himself. I was just going to say, yeah, he's probably even more. This guy loves throwing uh, just his entire bank account onto uh, NFL games. FanDuel uh, has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win the Super Bowl. But FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. Um, I'm going to probably do a big parlay on the game and just ride it out. Uh, new customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And continuing on here, we got our player profile. And the guy that we're going to be focusing on today is Yimmy Garcia. Yeah, a little bit of a down year last year. Um, for myself, for sure, I lost a lot of confidence in him. I just disregarding last year, I mean, Yimmy's been doing a great job as a reliever for a long time now. So I think it was just a down year. But I had him as one of the least trustworthy arms in this bullpen, unfortunately. Surprisingly, yeah. Because when you look at 2022, this guy was like our concrete setup. Like he was the number eight guy. Like obviously, you got Jordy coming in, in the ninth inning. You were confident with him coming in. He looked great. And I'm not sure what the reason was for his regression. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like absurd. Like, I'll read you the numbers. It's not great, but it's also like, I, I feel like he is one of those guys that I could definitely see a good bounce back from. I see. And I think maybe the reason that like I'm being so hard on him is because of how good Blue Jays bullpen was last year. Yeah. Saying that he was one of our worst guys in the bullpen is like, not, it's not necessarily even a bad thing. It doesn't yeah. make him a bad pitcher whatsoever. So our bullpen was that good this year. Yeah. It, it like, it, it's actually crazy how much that bullpen improved. And I mean, listen to these numbers. He's a 4.09 ERA, 60 innings, 66 innings pitched, eight home runs given up and 79 strikeouts like the line's not terrible he just allowed a couple runs and that and that and I mean I don't know I, I feel like he's he's the guy if, if anybody that I could see he might be my bounce back candidate maybe outside of Man- uh, Manoa yeah like if you can get uh you mean to kind of just back to where he was uh even 2022 you're gonna take that even if he honestly if you get the same output as you did last year I'm not even gonna be mad about it either you just throw him in the sixth inning kind of let him ride uh it's he's a, like a good pitcher i think uh the problem that i had with him last year just from the eye test i don't know if the stats really back this one up because i was looking at his baseball savant and it did look good actually like he was in the above average percentile i think he just kind of got unlucky a lot of the time uh, throughout the year yeah and i mean as a pitcher that's gonna happen right like it, some years you're just you might even have your stuff and guys just hit those pitches right you could be you could be dotting up but a guy you know like uh, I think who was it last year? I was watching one of the games and, and Bryce Harper. It was it, it, every at bat was was really good pitches, 
and he just took him. I don't I don't even think it was a Jays game, but it was like I was just watching. I think it was like maybe like the Padres. Like it was, something's dumb, right? Like a team that I just threw on a game, and I'm like, all right. And I was watching Bryce Harper just hammer these like off the plate um, pitches that he just get, gets a hold of, and that could happen to a pitcher, right? Where the stats really don't back up the output, which is a little bit different when you look at pitching compared to hitting because guys make mistakes and uh, or guys take advantage of maybe pitches that they shouldn't. So, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fully up uh, in on the Yimmy Garcia rebound here. Well, and obviously it's a lot easier to see a pitcher's mistake compared to a hitter's mistake. A hitter's mistake is probably just missing like a middle middle pitch as we saw the entire year with this Blue Jays yeah. lineup. Yimmy Garcia, if he has a mistake pitch, that thing could be sent 450 feet into the stands. So one thing that I noticed about Yimmy last year is that he wouldn't have bad pitches, but like you said, they would just get to him and they get runners on. And then once there was runners on, he'd make a mistake pitch and it would get launched. Yeah. So the, there was a problem there. I mean, maybe it was due to a little bit of his pitch mix because he was throwing the curveball 33.4% of the time. And it's actually 0.1% more than his fastball. So he's throwing his curveball as his most used pitch last year. And he has a good fastball, 96 I, average miles per hour. Decent amount of movement on it. I, I think you got to throw that pitch more. That's what I was going to say. Like, I like I don't consider Yemi Garcia a curveball pitcher. Like, you know, that that's what's weird, right? Is like when I think of Yemi, I think of his fastball and how much, how great command he has of that fastball. And uh, and then I didn't even know those that stat. That's insane. Like, because he's not. Like, it, if you asked anybody, uh, like, uh, what what pitches Yemi throwing here, they're probably going to say fastball. But if you look at the stats, curveballs. Like, it's just, it, it's a crazy thing, right? Because um yeah i you watch him pitch that fastball and he's got such such good control like honestly he might have one of the better controls on this blue jays in this blue jays bullpen but if you're throwing that curveball a ton guys get to see it more and, and it's easier to line it up right well and that's the thing is that if they don't have to send him a fastball they can kind of sell him that off speed because he also does throw uh, he throws a sinker 15 percent of the time and a slider 10 and a half then mix in the change up 7.3 percent of the time but it seemed like he was really relying on his off-speed pitches. And without him throwing that fastball as much, maybe uh, he, uh, maybe it was a confidence thing. I don't know what the, the, the issue was for him. But, yeah, he's relying on those off-speed pitches. You can just sit off-speed. There's a lot of hitters in the MLB that are really good off-speed hitters. So it's, it's tough. It's tough when you have a good fastball and you're not using it. I would wonder if maybe Pete was in his ear a little bit about that well, or what the change was. Was it Pete? Was it the, you know – the catcher like maybe are they seeing something like, you know what i mean there's there's so many variables that go into it um plus do you think maybe it was a confidence thing like we were talking about how when he got runners on he uh sort of cracked right um so so maybe it's a maybe it's a larger um um confidence issue than it is a location or pitch mix situation oh yeah and he's 33 he's been doing it for a long time obviously he's been putting in the work in the offseason I think, yeah, like you said, other than uh, Alec Manoa, I don't know if – I would almost have Yimmy above Alec Manoa. I just think that yeah, he, Manoa can't get any worse. So, I mean, I guess for the he has to be a bounce-back yeah, candidate. Yeah. candidate. But uh, as for relievers, yeah, if, if Yimmy can get kind of back to where he was, then he can – I don't even know if he would slide into that eighth uh, inning role anymore when you got Eric Swanson and uh, Chad Green there. Yeah. Maybe and he, it, may, it would make for some fun competition, though, in spring training. I, I think I think this this bullpen is so filthy, and I don't even – like, it's sad that we didn't get to see a full year of Chad Green last year, but um, going into this season, I'm, I'm sort of – he's one of the guys that I'm going to be really having a close eye on during spring training games just to see what I can really see from him. Um, I, I did want to mention that um, – when the pitchers and catchers report, we will get to see a little bit of Ricky Tiedemann. 
So hopefully some videos come out, um, you know, at least from there so we can see a little bit from them. Uh, I just wanted to mention that before we ended just so, you know, if you, you know, scrolling through Twitter or something, if you guys keep an eye out for it, um, shoot it, uh, you know, tag us in it or something on Twitter. Uh, Braden Fivey Wasco, Carter first two. Um, Carter first one is absolutely trolling you in the comments. Yeah, I saw another one. Uh, I think it was on Monday's video, right? Yeah, he was yeah, uh, yes, yes. in my in my year again. But uh, we have to find out who that is. We, I've been asking around, and uh, so far nobody. So hey, maybe you got like a random internet troll. Yeah, he's just hiding in the shadows. Just uh, likes to come out to uh, make fun of me a little bit. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good stuff. We we like to see it. But yeah, if you see any of the videos from. Um, uh, pitchers, when the pitch and catchers report from spring training, anything like that, that you guys want us to maybe go over, see what we see, um, see if we can dive into a little bit more information. We got um, our guests coming up um, next week. Yeah, next yeah, week, I, I think. Mean, yeah, um, Monday. Monday. Um, and so maybe we'll have, I don't want to give it away, but I'll say we'll let them go down uh, into sort of the nitty gritty of what to look for in spring training. Yeah, and that's the, the best part about spring training. For me personally, I don't think there's a lot of good parts about spring training because I'm obviously just watching a bunch of prospects kind of play baseball. But it's a good opportunity to see your top prospects go at it. Ricky T or Elvis Martinez hopefully can make an appearance sometime this year. Talking about Aston Barger, there's a bunch of guys that hopefully can make an impact on this team. And spring training is the best chance for them to be able to showcase their uh, skills on the big scale. Yeah, for sure. We, we're pumped for the season. I mean, we're, what, less than or about a week away from uh, pitchers and catchers reporting? Yeah. Just, just yeah. over a week? Just over, yeah. So, yeah, we're, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're getting there. We're getting closer about, to the regular about season. About three weeks away from uh, baseball coming back. So It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. We want to thank you guys for watching again. Tune in tomorrow. Uh, yeah, we got, we got a lot of stuff coming to you guys. Just keep an eye out on next Monday for that big uh, interview. So uh, thanks for watching again. So hit that subscribe button. We still know that a lot of you guys aren't subscribed who are watching the video, so it'd be a huge help. And we appreciate, uh, yeah, you guys tuning in.